Well, hello, America. This is The Daily Answer. Your host, Mark Dunnigan, one of the ARE broadcasts. And another one that you might want to check out is that every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time is the live Bible Q&A. And so check that out if you have a chance. On this particular podcast, I want to kind of address the issue of now and then someone will say that they are hearing a small, still, or quiet voice, a voice that they assume is the Holy Spirit that is telling them various things. And yet here are some of the observations that I have. When you say that, you know, I'm hearing this small, still, quiet voice, are you actually hearing words from outside of you? Is the voice an objective reality? Could it be be recorded? Are other people hearing it? Do other people around you hear it? Or, and here's what I think most people mean by that, is that they have some sort of impression. It seems or feel like, feels like someone's trying to tell me something. It feels like maybe I should do this or that. I find that religious leaders will claim that God is speaking to them But when pressed, they will say something more like, well, not that I'm actually hearing God audibly talk to me, but I get this sense or I feel that God is trying to tell me something. The reason I say that is because why would you call it a quiet voice, a small voice or a still voice? I think people call it that because there's actually no audible voice that they're hearing more it's kind of a gut level sort of thing it's an intuition it's a feeling um it is so quiet that one cannot actually hear it now i know there are people that claim or believe that a feeling or impression kept them out of trouble you know um they didn't they didn't take a certain highway there was an accident down that highway they didn't get on a certain plane and that plane actually had problems okay um and that it kept them out of some sort of short-term problem the question is though did it keep you out of a long-term problem um and not only that but it's easy to say you know someone was watching out for me and that may be true okay but that's not the real question the question is for what purpose How have you lived since then? If you feel that you were worn or spared, what have you done with your new lease on life? Thus, being delivered does not mean that God approved of you when he delivered you or what you were doing. Mercy does not equal favor. Second chances do not mean that, oh, I was right with God. And I could cite that in my own life. I mean, years ago in high school, I rolled a Volkswagen, came out without a scratch. That did not happen because I was living such a great life. Yeah, someone was watching out for me, but the question is, what do you do with it afterwards? Another opportunity, when you're given another opportunity, that is not a thumbs up on how you're currently living, but rather often that is an opportunity to change your life, to repent. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9 God is not wishing for any to perish, but for all that come to repentance. Now, if something bad happens after a decision you make, 
it does not mean that it was a wrong decision. Or if something good happens, does not mean that it was the right decision. Neither does it mean that you're in the right. Circumstances really have never been God's stamp of approval or rejection. You see, that the, that's the mistake that Job's friends made. That is, Job was suffering tremendous, horrible circumstances, and therefore that must have equated to the fact that he had done something wrong or had sinned, and that's a wrong point of view. Psalm 73 talks about people that are very wicked and selfish, and yet at the present, their lives were pretty good. In fact, it seems like that they didn't have the problems that other men had, or particularly that the righteous were having. Remember Proverbs 16.25, there's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. In fact, that is emphasized twice in the book of Proverbs. You also find near the end of chapter 28 in Proverbs that the person who trusts in their own heart is a fool. And Proverbs chapter 3, about verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord, you know, with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. Your own understanding is going to include gut feelings, instincts. It's going to include impressions and how you feel about something. I remember that when Jacob was shown Joseph's coat with the blood on it, and the brothers just said, we found this. Jacob jumped to the conclusion that Joseph was surely dead. And that was wrong. He was wrong about that. When Peter, when, I mean, Jesus at the end of the book of Matthew, about verse 21 through 23, Jesus will tell his disciples that um, he's going to go to Jerusalem and he's going to be killed by the, going to be arrested and killed by the scribes and the chief priests. And on the third day be raised again. And Peter rebuked him. I mean, Peter said, forbid it, Lord, this will never happen to you. That, that's Peter operating on a gut level sort of intuition. That's Peter operating by feelings. When God did communicate, not, you know, just read the Bible, read the Bible and say, okay, when God communicated with people like Abraham, Noah, was the communication simply an impression like, I've got this feeling that God wants me to build a boat. And that's not that's not the case at all, is it? Rather, it is build an ark and build it a gopher wood, and here's the specific dimensions for it. Genesis 6. That was clear, audible instruction. The same thing is true with Abraham. And I, I find that same pattern throughout Scripture, that when God wanted to communicate with someone, it was never left unsaid. It was never a, well, it was never like this inaudible feeling. Because feelings are liars. Bible warns us about that. God never gave the prophets a mere feeling and said, now just kind of go with that feeling and write whatever you think. But rather, the prophets only spoke when they were moved by the Holy Spirit. 2 Peter chapter 1, 20 and 21. And Paul makes it very clear in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 13, that when the Holy Spirit spoke, he spoke in words. Okay, very clear words. Thus, the prophets will always say, thus saith the Lord. They will not say, oh, I feel like God is trying to tell me something, or God laid something upon my heart, or gave me this impression. So just, you know, 
next time you read through the Bible in a year, just pay attention to how God communicated with individuals. When God communicated, it was always clear. People were never like wondering like, did God say something to me or not? All right. But I want to throw something else in here. God does not exist simply to keep challenges from showing up. And so if you might say, well, boy, I was going to, was going to get on that plane and I didn't at the last minute. Boy, did that work out well. Good. Someone's working out for me. Okay. How have I lived since? At the same time, remember the boat that Paul embarked on towards Rome? What happened? It ended up, he had ended up having to swim the shore with all the other passengers and sailors. It ended up in a shipwreck and God did not keep him from going on that boat. Okay. God warned him about how the trip would end, but it wasn't like, don't go on that boat. Not only that, but Jacob will send Joseph to check on his brothers. Remember that? And God does not communicate to Joseph some sort of warning of, ooh, don't go up and see your brothers because that's going to result in you being kidnapped and away from your family for a decade or so. And to me, those two examples are really pretty strong from the standpoint of if, you're th- if you think God exists to keep you out of all challenges and hardships, well, he didn't do that for the apostles. You might read 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and chapter 6 and also chapter 11 where Paul outlines all the things and where all the things that the apostles and himself had suffered in seeking to spread the gospel. I mean, shipwrecks, and he was stoned, and I mean, it was, and he ended up in really difficult situations, and God God, God was not there keeping him out of those things. I mean, God was there with him, but be very careful about assuming that what's God's job to keep me, you know, it's job, it's God's job to keep me from buying a car that's going to have transmission problems. That, that's not God's purpose, okay? In fact, one of the benefits of challenges is maturity and that we learn and that we grow. Here's the other thing. If you're a Christian and you kind of get, you're a Christian, okay? And you've been a Christian for some time and, and you kind of run into a situation and something in the back of your head says, I'm going to stay out of that because I don't think that's going to go well. What may be speaking to you is your trained conscience, one trained in the word of God, the all truth, the all things that pertain to life and godliness, the scriptures that make the man of God perfect for every good work or thoroughly furnished for every good work. Second Timothy 3, 16 and 17. And the word of God that helps you discern good from evil, Hebrews 5, 12 through 14. And what I mean by that is you see the fool coming in his folly and you're going like, that's not going to go well. So I'm going to stay out of that, right? The mature Christian, because of their experience in God's word and living, can see that's not going to go well. Thus, the book of Proverbs chapter 22, verse 3 says, the, the, the prudent man sees evil and he hides himself. And so a trained conscience, unselfishness, godliness, character can keep you out of some bad situations because you're not living in a fantasy world. Okay, I mean, 
you live long enough, you've read enough scripture, and when someone tries to come along and says, hey, here's a business opportunity for you, and you really don't have to put any effort into it, and this is just a uh, a slam dunk, and you're going to be a millionaire at 35, uh, sitting on a jet ski in the Caribbean and able to retire, something in you sh should say, uh, that sounds too good to be true. Uh, and so that would be the fool in his folly. And that's that's not necessarily, that's not God audibly talking to you. But what that is, is that scripture warning you. You see, without God's word, the intuition or the feelings within you can actually be the complete wrong response. And that would be like, I think, what Peter fell into in Matthew 16, where his intuition is um, Jesus is not going to die. That that can never happen. It's not going to happen to you, Lord, without realizing, but without having listened to what Jesus said, but this is the plan. You know, if I if I don't die, there's no salvation for you or anybody else. So and next time, next time you and I would really have you consider that example of Peter. Next time you got a feeling, you got some sort of feeling. Ask yourself, is that a manifestation of God's will or is that a manifestation of man's will? A man's will is often all about temporary safety and staying out of doing hard things. Um, and God is not there to keep you from doing hard things. This is Mark Dunnigan for The Daily Answer. Until next time, we'll see you in the funny papers. <laughs>